0: If you are looking for spiritual and psychic guidance, I have an exclusive offer for you from Keen, a trusted network of talented spiritual advisors I've partnered with to help you with your most pressing questions, feel connected to your purpose, and live an empowered and aligned life. I've gotten some really incredible readings that have been spot on about my own alignment and life path, and they've even helped me connect with my dog, Noelle, and guide her through her cancer diagnosis. There are thousands of advisors to choose from, and you can get on-the-spot, immediate, expert insight with zero commitment. All you have to do is visit trykeen.com backslash empoweredmillennials or use the code empoweredmillennials and get access to $1 readings. That's right, baby. You get five minutes for just $1. No catch, no commitment. Just real, personalized guidance. Again, visit trykeen.com backslash empowered millennials or use the code empowered millennials you can also visit the link in the show notes don't miss out on this exclusive opportunity and wisdom to live your best most epic life what up trailblazing fam welcome back to another episode of the empowered millennials podcast with me your host angela gentile Pumped that you are here, pumped that you are part of this community, and I hope that you'll tap in even more. So please make sure you check out the show notes for ways that we can work together through one-on-one coaching, Um, some workshops I have going on, and even in the fitness world. So make sure you check the show notes for that. And you know my ask, every episode I say it, if you are loving this pod, getting some value out of it, please, please, please go on over to Apple Podcasts. Write a review, five-star it, and actually put your words in there, type something, because this helps the algorithm, and it helps people like you find our community so that they can keep doing epic shit. So thank you so much. Woo! All right, y'all. You know that I like to rally my network of friends and folks that I have connected to along my journey of life, and today we are bringing on someone very special because he is Family. I feel like we should cue that song, you know? Um, So we're chatting with my pretty damn epic stepbrother, deep thinker and entrepreneur, Mike Saloyal. His life and career have been nothing short of a series of wild and brave choices that always bust out of the box, redefine rules and innovate the way we lead and connect. Mike's career has been about helping people build the future together. He's spent the last 15 years working as a technology entrepreneur, investor, and analyst. And over the past 10, he's helped launch over 100 startups that have raised over $300 in capital. He's currently the founder and CEO at Huddle, a venture capital-backed company that's changing the way startups hire and build teams. I know, right? So y'all, get ready, buckle up, and welcome Mike to the show. What up, homie? (laughs)
1: what an intro thanks for having me of course cool to talk to you in this format
0: i know right like usually i feel like every conversation we have like the depth of our convo should always have been a podcast to begin with so it's nice we
1: should just be recording all the time
0: 24 7 24 7 so i'm excited you're here it's good to see your face it's been a minute um so yeah what i like to do i feel like you just have such an incredible like trajectory of events. And I think that's the the really cool way that you've pivoted from one thing to the next. And it's always like, what's Mike up to now? And I'm gonna let you just kind of like start with wherever you want your story to begin and what you want to share today.
1: Okay, cool. Well, the the thing that so full context, because I like to you know the stage yes at yeah. the stage so we were supposed to record this like in four hours and then we decided to just do it like Wing it. off the top this morning uh which is like i think a great setup for a conversation since there's very little prep and what <laughs> came up for me this morning when you were when we were like talking just briefly before this is like oh i have to talk about my journey my career i don't feel like i've done anything yet yeah. and then I started to think about that and I was like, oh, that's actually not something to like give myself shit about. <clears throat> it's a great thing because it means like there's still so many things I want to do. Like, why mm-hmm. would I ever feel like, oh, I've done it all? Like, I actually hope I never feel like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so where do I even start? If we're just talking about career, I... If I go way back, I went to school for biology originally, which I don't think many people know. At a, school I don't even pod. think I don't even
0: think I knew that. <laughs> my t-
1: my team my team at Huddle actually encouraged. They're like, "Yo, this is part of your story. You should share it more." So I was like, "Okay." So I guess this will be the first time. But I went to school for biology because I had a really, um, I had a good teacher in high school who convinced me that I was really good at it, and so. <laughs> I was originally a bio major and I went to school in Florida for one year uh, at a small liberal arts college to play college golf. And at the end of like, you know, three quarters into the first year, I was on academic probation. (laughs) And um, after being like a pretty good student, and I just had no idea why I was going to school for biology other than like, I liked it. Yeah, but I it was fun. I like science, but I didn't see like a path. So I transferred back up north. And um, this is another part of the story that I really stayed away from when I was interviewing for Wall Street jobs, but I actually went to uh, community college for like two semesters to get my grades back up. And because my father was like, okay you want to leave school like now you have to pay for all of your own school so like that was the school that i could afford (laughs) and so i got my grades up and i eventually ended up graduating from the university of massachusetts with a degree in finance and while i was there i got really lucky i met uh, a guy who is still a close friend lives in boston named vulcan i was just standing behind him at a career fair and he was like oh I'm the president of the finance society like you should come we like help kids at UMass get jobs that like don't recruit here because all the top banks only recruit at like Ivy League schools and I was like oh cool that sounds like great you know that sounds competitive (laughs) like I I don't like I don't like being told that I can't do something because of something that happened in the past right you know so um I ended up joining the finance society and I did like a shitload of networking and I landed myself a job at a boutique investment bank in New York called Sedodian company, where for the next like six years, I covered, uh, technology companies as an analyst. So I spent the first six years of my career, like giving advice <laughs> to, <laughs> Uh, hedge fund managers and mutual fund managers on what stocks to buy. Probably the part I'm not telling you is that I like. I always thought investing was a really cool career path because of the fact that you could wake up every morning and sort of learn about a new thing. So my brain is like, I, I wake up and think about so many different things that I can't imagine having a job where it's kind of like, even the same subject matter
0: right the same shit every day like there's a routine at eight o'clock I do this nine o'clock I do this here's the routine here's the process all of
1: it I'm actually very routined I think the thing that I'm not is like I have friends who are like I'm gonna I'm gonna invest and build in the future of food and Mm -hmm. I have days where I'm like man that would be so cool to just only think about food for like eight years but the reality is that's so not practical for me because I I can't control it. Like one day I wake up and I'm thinking about food, and the next day I wake up and I'm thinking about like energy or something not even like fun. Like I want to like help people build better homes. Like it could be anything. Mm -hmm. And so I was attracted Mm -hmm. to the investment world because of the fact that you can get up every day and it's like always different and changing every single day. And that was really like appealing to me. And I've sort of built my career around that concept, like following things I think I'm interested in
0: yeah yeah and you were there for you did that for almost how long did you say six years ten years you were in finance
1: I was a investment analyst for eight years okay and then yeah. yeah
0: so I was gonna say like that I feel like there's always a point where we like go down the path of like okay I've been doing this and eight years is a long ass time to be doing something so there's always like a like a rub something is not right i'm feeling unfulfilled like where was like what was happening in that quest for more because what came next was a very different pivot than what you were already doing
1: yeah it's funny how we remember these moments too Yeah, because they're profound
0: they really are profound
1: yeah so all right so i'll tell a quick story because this is like the this this to me was like the day I decided that I was going to do something different. So I was working at Oppenheimer, which is a great investment firm in New York City and I had like the best managing director. My boss was the best. The person who ran the research department there was also like an incredible leader. And I liked everyone I worked around, but I was kind of like getting antsy and we would do these uh, trips called bus tours where we would basically take investors to Silicon Valley to meet all the startups. So we were covering like Cisco, Apple, EMC, like huge companies, which was really fun. But then I would go to Silicon Valley and I would meet these startup founders who were like, it sounds cheesy, but like wearing T-shirts and like, you know, it was like there was nothing there and they were creating it. And I was like, oh, this is where I want to hang out. Like it's mm-hmm. so more, it it sounded like a really interesting thing to do to be hanging out with entrepreneurs who like were building from scratch. Like it's an idea and then all of a sudden it's a team and then all of a sudden it's a product and all of a sudden it's a company. Like I was just fascinated by this idea that you could have a job in the investment world that was like inherently more creative. So I started to like follow all these blogs, which a lot of people do. And probably the two most popular ones at the time were... Uh, Ben's blog, which is Ben Horowitz's, Ben Horowitz from Andreessen Horowitz blog and Fred Wilson's blog called uh, AVC. I think it's just called AVC. And I just started to really dig in. And um, I guess the first part of the journey that like kind of like tossed me into a different career path is there was just this event in New York City called the Fat Startup you'll you're gonna love this so it was this group <laughs> it was this group of people in new york who were like bridging hip-hop culture and entrepreneurship so those are like two of my two favorite things i'm a huge two, music person. two loves
0: yeah two yeah. loves
1: and um so i just like showed up at the event and ben was supposed to uh do a book signing he just wrote this book called the hard thing about hard things and i had actually i think i had already read it at that point point. and in the door walks uh like one of my favorite hip-hop and r&b producers ryan leslie and i was like oh that's ryan leslie like i'm pretty sure that's ryan leslie and kind
0: of fangirling at this moment a little yeah, bit. I, yeah I,
1: I was because i had all these like old playlists of like unreleased songs and all this stuff I've i've always been obsessed with looking up like who produces what music mm-hmm. and Ben was late to talk until Ryan got up and spoke and he had this idea for a startup which wasn't called Superphone but now is called Superphone and he had like created a way to give out his phone number on social media so that his fans could text him and his idea was why doesn't anyone in the music industry know who their fans are like every other Mm -hmm. business knows exactly who their who their customers are they can send their customers an email but no one in music can do that because all the data is trapped inside of itunes and spotify and google play and all these places so he wanted to like know who his customers were so he took all of his uh music off social media sorry not off social media he took all of his music off of like the platforms and he just started putting out his phone number and selling his album like on shopify <laughs> in 2014. so it was kind of like pioneering direct to fan in a way or like d to c for artists and mm-hmm. so i just sent him a text because he gave out his phone number <laughs> and he actually wrote back and like invited me over to his apartment like same day almost and so what I was, went over. what did you
0: say like because i sure was he, just like, like i was i can imagine out. the text you know because how many people are like hey i want to team up i want to collaborate i want to do this thing you know i
1: i have found a lot of time i've had like i've had really high success rates with like cold emails and notes. just
0: shooting shots just shooting I, shots yeah
1: yeah i i am like a perpetual shot taker um it's how i got the first job i got in wall street um i reached out to a guy that was like really high up at fidelity who i kind of like warmly was a acquainted with his with my it was my uncle's friend from college like I didn't know this person but he wrote back um I wrote Mark Cuban an email once he wrote back in like 30 minutes um (laughs) I I feel like if you do it really intentionally and you have something to say they'll write back because most of what people get is like you know I was like hey I was blown away by what you said today and I don't know anything about launching a startup but this is what I do know how to do like I'm an investment analyst I'm really good at simplifying ideas and I think I could help you put your pitch deck together and like and help you close this funding round he was raising a seed round and -hmm. so he wrote back like right away and I just went down there and that's what we did I ended up quitting my job and I helped him raise a million bucks in seed capital yeah
0: Yeah, I remember I remember this because my my dad was telling me about it he's like (laughs) you know you know you know my dad like just just something else you know, Mike's doing, and I was like, what? Like, I didn't quite understand, like, what was happening at the time, but I just remember, I was like, oh, good for him, but the, the takeaway from that was that Mike quit his job, and he was doing this, like, crazy-ass thing, like, he had a, quote, good job in the city, he was making a ton of money, and, like, the, the fear and terror and. Everybody's response was um pretty apparent because the quitting your job to build something and create something was so I think just not conceptualized in you know a, a majority of people's thinking. It was like stay safe, stay contained, stay working for somebody else. So I think that was a really that's why I was like, yo, that's badass. That's really badass. And I think that's probably the, was that was at the start of like more risk-taking for you at that point to be able to be like, I'm out, I'm going to go with this. I'm going to roll with this. I see opportunity. You know, what was that sort of the catalyst for?
1: I I don't think I've ever thought about this before. So it's a great question. (laughs) Or I enjoy the question at least, I think like going to school in Florida was a risk for me. And then quitting that school was a risk for me. Like, yeah, in a dramatic sense, I was like, oh, my dad cut me off from, he didn't really cut me off, but he was like, he was basically like, you're done. Like I went to work for him that summer. (laughs) I went to work for him that summer, building houses uh, with my dad. I ended up working at the Olive Garden. I was a bank teller. I had all these random jobs and I was like Mm -hmm. paying my way through school. So that was like risky. And then like moving to New York um, was risky. I had another job offer in Boston and Mm -hmm. I was like, no, I think I need to be in New York and then just even like going to that that's me i almost didn't go to that meetup where i met ryan leslie i was like about to cancel mm-hmm. um i don't even who knows why but yeah that was the start to actually like believing that i could sort of i want to say like operate outside the system but it's, <laughs> but it was, but it's true but i yeah, think it yeah was, well the other thing i always i always say is um when I left Wall Street, a lot of people in New York were like, oh, like, you know, fuck the man and all this stuff. And I was like, not really. Like, I always felt so grateful to be there because to me, I like wasn't supposed to be there anyway. Like, mm-hmm. I was the only one on my like floor that I remember who didn't go to a top five school. Right. Like right. my was boss at legacy. Oppenheimer, my boss, <laughs> like- at, it, it was my boss at Oppenheimer, like graduated the top of his class from Chicago. Like these are the kind of people I was around, which, by the way, if you have the opportunity to do that, I would say do it. It's like it's not always about like legacy and privilege and all this shit we talk about. It's like these people work extremely hard, like no one graduate who graduates from the top of their class at a top school. Like you have to be doing something. Right. Um right. so I always just felt so grateful to be around people who were like getting up every day and like doing it. And then when I met Ryan, he was the first person I first of all was ridiculous cuz he was like in my favorite fabulous music video, you know what I mean? And now I'm like walking down the street in Soho with him. It was just so absurd to me that this was even <laughs> happening. Um and he he just like was the first person I ever directly hung out with who really like the part of his brain that calculates risk is almost like not there. Like he just completely believes that he can do whatever he wants and i remember the day i quit he was we were walking in this is such a like a funny it's almost like a hip-hop story which you know for me i love (laughs) as we were walking into the mercer in soho and he was like oh i gotta go meet kanye and his guy inside and i can't bring you in so like just let me know if you like want to do this full time or not and then he left and went inside and i was standing on the street in soho and i was like i would have to be totally insane to not do this and so that yeah. i was like okay i'm quitting you know because yeah. i was in my head i was like i'm like two feet away from like going to hang out with kanye and and his manager inside the mercer hotel yeah, um in soho so i was just like okay this is clear and then i was like petrified walking to my boss's office at uh, oppenheimer i was just yeah. like sh- i was like shake i think i waited like another week and every day yeah. i was like today i'm gonna today i'm gonna tell him and i was like no i can't do it
0: Well, you kind of have to like go inside and like dress rehearse the conversation and like build up an arsenal of like possibilities to say in order to, you know, be confident to have that conversation. Because especially when you, when you respect the situation you're in and you're not leaving as a Jerry Maguire kind of moment where you're like, fuck this shit. Cause yeah, no, it was like,
1: it was all, it was like, it was like, hey, I I think I want to work in startups and venture capital. And I found a thing that's like really unique to me because it's one of my favorite artists and my favorite investors, like the first check in. So yeah, it was really cool. And then I had a series of like really cool experiences. Like within the next month, I like hung out with Ben horowitz and the rap genius founders at like the 4040 club and maxwell was there like <laughs> sitting next to me i didn't know who he was and then ryan was like yeah it's maxwell and i was like oh um and then like i went on tour with him in europe for a month and we did like we did like a 22 city tour or something like that so we like shot yeah. music videos and did radio radio and just like did all this stuff and like ultimately mm-hmm. we were helping we were helping artists like connect with their fans so we were like building Superphone. At the same time, while he was still like touring and doing his music career and like producing, so, yeah, it was so, super cool.
0: And I think, with what you're saying, so like fun. this, of course, yeah, of course it was, but I think <laughs> it was also really, really aligned for you, which I think that's the piece that maybe people are looking for when they're totally. searching for opportunities. It's like, I have to take something and I think what I want to t- check in with if you, because this was such a powerful place and led the trajectory for where you are now, I think in some way, what are some of the things that people maybe aren't paying attention to or need to be paying attention to so that they know that this choice is aligned in the moment? You know, because when we're not paying attention, we end up taking shit. And every choice that we make is obviously in our path for our greater good to be able to learn the lessons we need to learn to do the things. But in this particular instance, I think when the stars align, and it's right. There is a, a, a I think guttural kind of yeah. Instinctual thing that happens where it's just like the flow state. You know what I'm saying? If you could talk a little bit about what that was like for you and that feeling and how did you know that this was the right? And I'm air quoting that the right choice. What up baby, we're gonna take a quick break so you can hear from one of our incredible sponsors, The Collective Experience. To all my friends who are out here going against the grain, welcome to a world where your busy schedule meets mindful self-care. This is The Collective Experience. This membership in The Collective Experience is more than just a learning platform. It's a lifestyle, a community, and a space where knowledge becomes action. Whether you're navigating business challenges or personal growth, the Collective Experience offers a range of tools from EFT tapping, human design and astrology to crystal insights and somatic breathwork. It's designed for the progressive, highly engaged individual who knows that there is more to life than just work. So immerse yourself in a community where empowerment isn't just a word, it's a way of life. Visit collectiveexperience.co and join us for a month, absolutely free, That's it, absolutely free. Embrace a journey of balance and self-care. So click the link in the show notes to begin your empowering journey with the collective experience. In this particular instance, I think when the stars align and it's right, there is a, a, I think guttural kind of instinctual thing that happens where it's just like the flow state. You know what I'm saying? If you could talk a little bit about what that was like for you and that feeling, and how did you know that this was the right I'm air quoting that the right choice.
1: So everything I've ever thought has basically come true. And that's the thing. I don't know that what people think, but, but it only comes true through action. So like, I was thinking about this before we got on here today too, is like, I think because there's so much emphasis on like mental health and wellness that we, we sometimes throw these terms around today. And the, it's, I'm not like saying good bad right or wrong on any of it but everyone has a different definition of what these terms mean so it's actually hard to talk about them sometimes but what i've learned is that like manifestation is not a thing that happens from like sitting in meditation like we're people are radios we receive information and the quieter you are you you can have like downloads like think about that right like i made playlists of ryan leslie's music and then I read Ben Horowitz's book, and now I'm working for Ryan Leslie, literally, like employee number one. And our first investor is Ben. How do you explain that? It's mm-hmm. only because I took action. It's not the fact that I had these ideas everyone has these ideas that flow in. Like you could be a little kid listening to your favorite music in your bedroom and be like, "Oh, it'd be so cool to meet that person." But most people stop there. yeah, like which, you actually yeah. have to you actually have to action it. You know, so like I had to go to the meetup. I had to send the those things didn't happen without the meetup and the text. That's the only thing interesting about it. Everything else is like whatever. So yeah, I feel like. It is in the action and creating like if you think about what flow state is, at least in my opinion, flow state is a really active, creative space because there's no there's no story there. The only thing that is like the the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And that's why we really remember these like highly present moments. Like I remember that moment in front of the Mercer, like vividly, I have no idea what happened in the next five minutes or the five minutes before. And that's because I was like hyper present. I was making like a conscious, intentional, actionable choice. Like I'm going to do this. And then I had to walk in, but you got to actually walk into your boss's office and quit. Yeah. yeah. do you know so like everything that's flowing into your consciousness is a actual possibility even the bad stuff you know mm-hmm. there's a lot of like shitty things that have happened to that i thought of you know so it's like you're gonna wake up in the morning and you're gonna have thoughts that are like based in possibility and then you're gonna have thoughts by the way i'm saying i should say this to me i have thoughts in the morning <laughs> that are highly based in possibility like oh man like I wonder if I could get that person as an investor for huddle. Like, that'd be so crazy. And then I have the opposite thought, which is like, dude, that guy's never going to answer or she's never going to answer your, she's never going to answer you. Like, how are you going to meet that person? And from my observation of most humans, we we have both of these paths, but like, that's not manifestation. Manifestation is making a conscious choice that I'm going to believe in the possibility based one. And I'm going to actually action it. Cause like, yeah. cool. I was listening to Ryan Leslie's music or cool. I was looking up, like those things were all, those weren't like, my guidance counselor in high school was like, Hey, you know what you should do? You should like, you should like, just look up who produced your favorite songs. Like no one told me that I just did it cause I thought it was fun, but you actually have right. to believe you actually have to believe and take action on the things you think are fun. You yeah. know, but the, yeah. the, I'm stressing this because maybe people will listen to this and hear this. You have to actually take the step and it's it doesn't feel comfortable. <laughs> it feels crazy. Yeah.
0: yeah, well I think I think that's the most that's a powerful takeaway because people, I mean, I'm sitting here at my computer screen and behind my computer screen is my <laughs> like vision board, right? <laughs> yeah. So so like yeah, I got a vision board, but if it's got like me and Oprah locking arms and shit, but what am I consciously and actively doing every day that's getting me one step closer? to making that vision and not just a a, a pipe dream but an actual reality like and it's a series of steps and choices to be brave and also like a little bit of like why not why not
1: yeah i mean hardcore why not hardcore
0: why not why not i like why can't it
1: again in, in my best moments i'm just like what else are we gonna do yeah like, that, yeah. that's really the way I think about it is like, what else are you going to do? Like, what are your other choices? You know, it's, it's, I don't know. For I tend to it's... think
0: like, well, what's the, what's the worst can, that can, that can happen? What's, what, a like, what's the problem? You know, there's really,
1: there,
0: there's no problem.
1: There, no, there really, there isn't in reality a right. problem most of the time. Right. And there it's are like... obviously, there are tangible blockers. Like, what city do you live in? who do you yep. know who's in your network right um yeah but i, I mean... think beyond
0: that like it's just taking it it's taking a chance if i write in if i write an email and that email goes unread or sent to junk like it's no harm no foul on anybody it's just we try a different route or we do a different way but it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't mean that that's the end all be all and you can you know like there's no where there's there's fear in even taking that action i think sometimes but i think what's important is like what's the fear what is that actually about they're going to get back to you
1: sometimes uh, i think that's the
0: actual fear
1: i mean i have like a little project i'm working on uh, on the side right now um i spend you know 80 to 90 percent of my time building huddle i do have another project and i have a coach And I don't want to do anything related to that. I want to quit like every day. It does. That's (laughs) I think it's important to know. It doesn't just like stop, you know, like everyone who like, I think people who make it to the top of their thing are so interesting, not because of their talent, because like the the amount of shit you have to do (laughs) to get to that level is wild. You know, like you have like think about what you would have to actually get up and do every day to be like Oprah. (laughs) <laughs> you know, like her, like it—it's wild to think about what you actually have to do. Um, yeah. but I still have the same like thoughts in the morning. Um, that are they—they're they're just like they are. I think Jim Carrey has like a good line about this, but I'm not going to repeat whatever he said. I'll just say it in my way. It's <laughs> like it's like there is an analysis that happens that sounds like practical that people don't see is of is' a, is avoiding responsibility so I could sit here and tell you all the reasons why I shouldn't do this side project you know mm-hmm. well you're the founder of a company what are your investors gonna say um are you gonna get distracted like all, no, all that stuff is just like a story I have about not to do it but I could use that for years like I wanted to start a newsletter for like six years and I didn't do it Mm -hmm. um because I just convinced myself it was like I just had this reason (laughs) you know but I don't think people understand that sometimes the reason is the thing your brain naturally does to keep you safe and Mm -hmm. that's why some of these tools like coaching and meditation and whatever thing you're doing are important because you start to recognize that like oh that whole analysis I had that said don't start that project was wasn't really practical at all it was a thing that my you know it was a thing that my reptilian brain did
0: right well that's what i'm going to say we're
1: taking a risk
0: we're hardwired biologically hardwired to stay safe and contained and protected and our brain doesn't know the difference between like lions and you know a, a financial risk like we just get that sense of fear and we get that adrenaline spike and we start to yeah. be in that fight or flight and then we're just like hightail it out whatever I need to do whether it's storytelling or something else yeah you think of myself. it get me
1: out of, get me out just get
0: me out hightail it out got to get out of the state of feeling you know and I
1: think I I feel very like grateful because I think that um so I just turned 39 last week and so I'm like you know this is the last year of 30s which sounds wild and um I'm I feel like where I'm at in my own journey with all this stuff is I'm starting to like actually like the fear analytical stuff. Like I stopped because it's easy to be like, Oh yeah, like that's my ego, and my ego's so bad. It's like, dude, wake up, everyone's got a fucking ego. <laughs> so excuse mm-hmm. my language. Mm-hmm. Like, you're oh, not please, getting away. Like you have you have a manufactured self, like it's a thing. Everyone has it, everyone has the story they tell about themselves, and mm-hmm. that fear-based voice. You could look at it as a bad thing but like it's also like really good at like analyzing stocks for example right, right? like it, it's right. good at strategy <laughs> there's a lot there's a lot of like positive parts to it like in other words it's like i'm trying to stop making any part of me wrong like it's all good all of it yeah like even yeah. the one that runs away it's fine yeah it's totally fine And it's like it's like i get into some pretty woo stuff as yeah, you know i love it
0: And I was like talking to a
1: friend, I was talking to a friend uh, who does like human design readings uh, this past week. And the thing that I actually... I had
0: a mind-blowing experience with human... It like (laughs) fucked me up. It like fucked (laughs) me up.
1: (laughs) It's so interesting because like the thing that I actually like about like that modality is it's way more about acceptance. So like Mm -hmm. I'll just tell you the conversation because it actually kind of leads into this a little bit. We were talking about like, like there's a Western concept of like, I'm just going <laughs> to It's funny that we're talking about this. Like I'm probably like by western by the way western medicine and western it's all it's all fine. They're all helpful. It's like find mm-hmm. your thing, you know. <laughs> um like I'm probably like avoidant attached. I've read the sure. books, you know, sure. I've had different coaches and therapists and stuff but i think like what we do or what i observe on like social media a lot is like we start trying to like heal and fix it right what if you were just like i'm anxious attached
0: take it or leave it (laughs) it's like it's like
1: being an alcoholic right like step one to being an alcoholic is being like i'm an alcoholic because Mm -hmm. you 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 can't you can't like move past anything until you accept it like what am i going to change how how i grew up like, yeah. no, you, you can't, but you can just like kind of own it and be like, and what that means is sometimes like I run away.
0: Yeah.
1: And like, even just saying that out loud right now, it's like, okay, cool. Sometimes you run away, you know, yeah. like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like what, what is our, what is the other option? You sit in therapy right. for like 10 years of your life trying to figure out your like, no, just be anxious, attached. It's actually right. fine. <laughs> All I these conditions. I think condition- what
0: I'm hearing. <laughs> What I'm hearing you say is like, there is, there is a difference between like, like when you're living in a, in a state where you are a constant series of problems to be fixed.
1: That's what I'm saying.
0: (laughs) Versus I am this beautiful amalgamation of all kinds of wild shit. And all of it is part of the story. And I take this, this amalgamation of, of things with me wherever i'm going next like as is and it evolves and some days it evolves more or harder or more more gnarly than others but it's not bad or good it just is
1: no it just is it's a way it to, it's is. a way to that's why like that's why some of these things like human design that are based on like a birth chart they mm-hmm. they help you they can help you just ex- kind of like accept yourself <laughs> yeah.
0: Mike, when I tell you like side tangent right now, I had a human design reading and it made me like redefine my entire business. I was like, I'm not meant to build community. I'm meant to tell stories. Yeah. I am meant to be like a, like a radiator. I'm not, I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm not meant to like build community. Cause I'm like, I find that fuck. I'm like, why am I so tired? I was like, cause I find that shit exhausting. Networking drives me insane. I hate it. Yeah. I hate it I, yeah. hate it. I hate it. I hate it.
1: That's give the me thing a stage
0: that... give me a microphone let me just do my shit and then I'll be cool but yeah that like fucking blew my mind <laughs> like human design that's, blew my mind
1: yeah that's like that's kind of what it did for me too like mine mm-hmm. says that it basically says don't worry about uh working on a lot of different things at one time like it'll all it'll all work out and you're not actually meant to have one thing um cool. like you're never going to be the type of person who like you know you're an investment analyst and that's what you are for 40 years um mm-hmm. like my mine's like just give yourself permission to like try a bunch of shit, and don't worry it'll all make sense and by the way you're actually here to show people that it's possible to have like an untraditional that's why i was so excited to come on in here and do this with you because like yeah it's like oh like <laughs> It sounds so simple, but that that thing was so helpful to me because I was like, oh, I don't have to bug out about being about like being a thing anymore. Mm -hmm. I can just like Mm -hmm. follow the things and then I can just follow the things I like. And then there's like the practicality of the games you're playing, right? Mm -hmm. Like if part of the thing you're doing is to like be a startup founder, like learning to raise money is part of that. (laughs) <laughs> so you either have to like have a partner who's good at it or you have to do you have to like build a you have to build crafts and different things like you got to get good yeah. at stuff there's still work yeah. to do well that's um, kind of
0: like your trajectory too because i think when you're saying like you've lived and i think the idea of quote like an unconventional life i mean what does that even mean in the first place It just like it's just my <laughs> it life just it's you, just it
1: just means you've bought into some societal way you're supposed to be and live which is fake yeah
0: Yeah. None none of it's real. None of this matters. None of it's real. So um,
1: (laughs) so whatever. In a way where you get to create it for yourself.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. So I think, you know, before we kind of like wrap up our time, I think I'd love to hear and I would love for you to share sort of all of these things that you have done and and created have led you to like this new project of, you know, Mm. when you're living unconventional, when you're trusting your instincts, when you're in that state of like being present and like I think I want to do this. I'm gonna risk it. I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna do it. It's gotten you to huddle. So if you want to share a little bit about like how we got here, what you're rocking with, what you're doing, why that feel feels aligned to you, whatever you want to share.
1: What I've decided for me is like I get the most joy of supporting other people's ventures because it allows me to work on a bunch of different things. I love having like close coaching conversations with people. I love getting people the right resources. Like I love connecting people. Like if you tell me that there's something that you want to do and I know someone who can help you do it, I have like a full body visceral need to like make sure that I make that intro. And, and for a while I was like, man, what's my thing? What's my thing? What's my thing? I don't know what my thing is. Am I an entrepreneur? Am I an investor? Am I an analyst? Am I a coach? Am I like product person, whatever. And then I just decided like, who cares <laughs> like first of <laughs> all like i'm not interested in putting like this neatly defined label around any of it and so i've kind of really decided like what i want to spend the next 10 years of my career doing is helping people launch their ventures and huddle mm. is my venture which is kind of funny like we're a seed stage startup we've raised close to 4 million dollars now um we have 10 employees um we've helped 140 startup teams get built so far um I'm just pitching right now yeah I love it yeah workers on our network have have earned over like two million dollars now um which I'm super excited that we were able to create that for people and uh yeah like although it's a very singular venture like it's a talent platform for startups like we're reinventing the way startup founders build a team by making it super fast simple and flexible and it is aligned with that vision because I'm every every huddle that closes is like some founders you know one step closer to building whatever they're gonna build, and then on the other side, the workers, because they're all independent workers, they're one step closer to having like an independent career, mm-hmm. so I feel like it's mm-hmm. like the perfect playground for me. <laughs> You know, it's like we get right now close to 20 startup founders a week that just organically find us and apply, and I get to like read through what they're all doing, and it's like every day it's different. Mm-hmm. Um, Like it's it's the stuff that comes through is super cool. People doing stuff in healthcare, people doing stuff in food, people doing stuff with AI and tokens, and um, I mean, there was a guy who was building a puzzle company. Um, Like there's just people building all types of stuff. And for me, it's like, I get to kind of create this environment where I help them find people they need to build their thing.
0: That's dope. That's dope. And when did that feel like that was aligned for you? Like, how did you come up with this? I stopped trying to do it myself. Mm.
1: That's what happened. Yeah. I finally, (laughs) I realized that there's no way you can't, like, you need a team. Everyone needs a team. Even if your team is like a group of mentors and you're a solopreneur, but i the day I decided to like really like let people in, you know, like raising capital, you know, people debate back and forth. Should I raise capital or not? Like I think raising capital is a great thing because you like let people in. You have to give a part of your company up. Mm-hmm. yeah, you know? but what does that mean? Like would you rather own a hundred percent of a small thing or twenty percent of a big? like obviously, you'd pick the twenty percent of a big thing. I think most people would. um, mm-hmm. it's like by by bringing in investors and partners and teammates and employees, you're like relocating your thing. It's in service of these other people that are working there, mm-hmm. you know? Like that's what scale is in my opinion, is you have to let go yeah. <laughs> and decide like, it's not about me anymore and my idea. And like, why is my how's my idea different than everyone else's idea? It's like, first of all, it's not your idea. You received it and now you have mm-hmm. to manifest it. And you're gonna do it. Why do you think people are like, oh, someone did my idea? Like, you know how silly that is? Well, the minute you realize they're not your ideas, you can get off that and just get over it because it's not your idea. Mm -hmm. A lot of people receive the same ideas, depending on what's happening in culture, in the world, and whatever, technology, and you have to choose to do it or not. And to do it, most of the time you need a team. So I sort of, I got time, my first like several kind of entrepreneurial things I got timing like really wrong (laughs) um because I was so attached to like doing it the way that I thought it should be done and it was too comp the ideas were too complicated and then I decided to do the thing that was like right in front of me that was very obvious and people were asking me for like people because I hosted this dinner series in New York that a lot of like creatives came to I I remember that people were always like yo do you know a designer?" And I was like, yeah, I know a designer. And then I was just like connecting people all the time. And then I was trying to work on this other thing I was doing. And I was like, wait, maybe the thing to do is just the thing that people are asking me for every single day. And then COVID happened and everyone was work from home. And so founders like couldn't connect with talent at a co-working space anymore. And a lot of people started freelancing. And so like the timing for Huddle was, the timing is super important. Mm-hmm. in art I think it's different because you could make a thing and everyone hates it and 20 years later they're like oh that's awesome yeah, but in company bu- it. <laughs> in company building like it's timing is like almost everything like yeah being early is you know doesn't work I mean being too early doesn't work so I think it felt aligned when I decided to stop fighting it and doing it myself and just do and like kind of like simplify it and then like I have a co-founder named Stephanie And we've been working together since 2015 so that's the other thing that's Mm -hmm. super helpful is having a partner who like actually knows you (laughs) Mm -hmm. and like you know um so i don't know if i said not no
0: but not doing it by yourself and i think what i'm gathering is just that again it's the same thing like being present and listening to what was coming up what was available what was actually happening instead of forcing and being very narrow and married to a specific outcome or fantasy rather than playing in the sandbox of the reality of what's actually going on
1: yeah you know and the reality of what was going on is i could be in service to people simply by making it easier for them to connect and build that's it it's a really simple idea founders come on they post projects to a highly curated network and within you know under a day sometimes a couple hours they get connected to like three people that can help them immediately that's it. That's the whole idea. I mean, there's a much grander vision, but I had to simplify it to something practical and usable.
0: Yeah. I love this. I love this. What's next for you in, in Huddle or you in general? Whatever you want to share. I know sometimes things have to be a little quiet, but it's also okay not to know or there's nothing. Like well, sometimes like, like
1: Yeah. What what I'm working on right now is like even is being like less defined by a certain like, okay. What I'm working on right now is it's all one thing um like i do kind of have a mission right now which is basically yeah. help as many people create their dream company as possible and mm-hmm. then you know there's a secondary mission to that which is like companies that like make a difference or have a put a put, make society better companies that make society better and i feel like that's a problem i can work on maybe forever mm-hmm. you know like i don't that just that doesn't seem it seems limitless to me and so and there's a and i don't have to be so defined i can do that by being an in- investor i can do that by being a founder i can do that by being a consultant i can do that by being a coach now all of a sudden these roles and titles don't matter so much because as long as i'm helping someone with a mission trying to achieve it and i can support them in achieving it then there's a bunch of different ways i can support so it's like it feels less about like you know <laughs> this might sound a little cheesy but it feels less about like what I'm doing. And it feels more about like who I'm being, which is just like supportive Mm. of other people's ideas. So that's what's next. It's like, instead of fighting and debating it so much, I'm gonna go all in on helping people build. And there's a ton of different ways that I can do that. Huddle's one of the ways, and we have so Mm -hmm. much more work to do, but there's a lot of other ways too. And so I'm excited to like get up every day and just figure out how to help more people yeah. Um, and be less concerned whether it, like the title, so to speak.
0: Right. Well, it sounds like when you're connected to something greater and something that is, I think, more expansive, it's not so much the the what, but it's like how. You know what I mean? Because the how will constantly change as long as you're connected to like this is what I know, what I want. Uh, this is like the how I want to live, but how I get there will evolve over time. And I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. Do you get what I'm saying? No.
1: Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> it's it's um it's for, for me it's just being um it's being like unattached to uh what i'm actually doing yeah and yeah, being just... more focused on just like how do i support and then the, the mm-hmm. I, there's tons of stuff i'm not good at so i am trying to focus on like the things where i can add the most like if you're helping someone build their venture Mm -hmm. or you're building your own venture you ought to focus on the things that give you energy because that's probably where you're like actually adding the most value to the venture so from that standpoint like i have a role obviously in these things um but i'm not opposed to like doing the a role that i'm like not qualified for not great at or don't know how to do because as long as i can shift my mind into like okay I, i don't know if we're over time but this is an example right So like everyone at Huddle right now is sending 25 cold emails a day, (laughs) okay? Who wants to send 25 cold emails a day? No one wants to send 25 cold emails today. (laughs) But like we've been able to drum up 2,000 plus new conversations by doing this task. So like if I'm sitting here being like, oh, like I'm too senior for this. Like I'm almost 40. Like I worked in Wall Street. Like, you know, whatever the things are, like then you're not gonna wanna send cold emails. But if you're like, well if I send 125 cold emails this week and I drum up conversations with 25 new startup founders, that's 25 people in my, in the game that I'm playing in my life, that's 25 more people that I can help. Yeah. So like it shifts the lens of the, yep. of I the, of the email sending. Yeah, <laughs> Cause yeah. it's really boring until someone, <laughs> yeah, not glamorous. Glamorous, <laughs> until someone rad writes back and you're like, Oh shit, this is cool.
0: Yeah. But that's the purpose of it. Is to connect with really rad people. It's not about like an sense of entitlement or a job title in and of itself. That
1: that would be like a message to leave people with is like, and I don't know how this sounds, but like this week I sent 177 cold emails already. So like manifestation as the CEO
0: of your company, you know, like
1: manifestation for me isn't like you know you have to do stuff.
0: Yeah not just the vision board it's the tangible actions that yeah come you gotta s- you gotta
1: send the emails and go to the meetup and do whatever else
0: yeah I love that <laughs> I do think that that's a powerful place to end a little little mic drop to put this in the episode I appreciate that we yeah, went all sure. over the place today all over the map but I love it I think it comes full circle around <laughs> hopefully it's like- u- hopefully
1: it's useful to people making stuff
0: I think so. I think so. I think there are some powerful takeaways in here, too. So when you're listening to this, feel free to shoot Mike a message or feel free to shoot me a message and tell us what she got from this. We'd love to know. We would love yeah. to know. Cool. Um, all right, so Mike, we have gotten to everybody's favorite part of the episode. Oh, that's. Right. Um, <laughs> trivia time. We're gonna play a game called How Millennial Are You?' And it's a series of three questions that progressively get harder. The points matter, and everything's real. You ready?
1: no but i'm gonna do it anyway (laughs) i'll say can i can i preface can i my pop culture my pop culture is i know a lot about the things that i go deep on and i know very little about we'll we'll see what happens let's see let's let's see how true the statement is
0: i don't want you to set yourself up here i think that you're gonna i think i think you're gonna be all right with these questions okay you ready Yeah. okay according question one according to 90s jargon and lingo what is a home skillet <laughs> oh
1: my god i have no idea really no do you want
0: me to, i'll give you i'll give you a a a, multiple
1: a home choice. skillet
0: a home skillet a breakfast menu item at taco bell another form of homie or friend your crib or place of residence or your kitchen, of course.
1: I think it's another word for like a homie.
0: Yeah, home skillet. No, you never use that?
1: No, No? I didn't, but that was gonna be my guess.
0: Okay, correct. Question one, correct. All right. It's
1: coming back now, it's coming back. All
0: right, you ready? I think you'll know this, I think you'll know this. Because you've probably used one (laughs) as a kid. Um, Okay, what (laughs) reinvention by Nerf Used manually pressurized air to shoot water with great power and range.
1: Um, Come on,
0: we use them in the. It was manufactured
1: by Nerf, a super soaker. Yes. Okay. Boom.
0: (laughs) Boom. Wow, these are
1: interesting. I just really went back to my house in Ludlow, Massachusetts, and like really, (laughs) really like pictured the pool.
0: Right, and like
1: in the summer, probably
0: kicking the shit out of Andrea.
1: She was probably kicking the shit out of me.
0: (laughs) Fair enough. Fair (laughs) enough. Um, Okay. Last question. This is I'm going to give you this is like a who am I or what am I? Okay, so what am I? Ready? In the 90s. I was the way to rep your favorite sports teams. When you wore me. I featured a large pocket on the front that felt like a built-in fanny pack. (laughs) When you (laughs) pulled me on, I was all about the team name and logo. What am I?
1: Oh, man. Starter jacket. Pull over.
0: See? See you later. So
1: we did this thing in in my hometown (laughs) where we put, like, we called them nobbies. And I told people this <laughs> no, and, and people are this. like, yo, you're the only town that ever did that. But like, you know the things that like I don't even I don't know what Yeah, like the they were ties called.
0: and they had the the thing that you pressed. So we would, would
1: take them off all the jackets like in our homes and other people's homes, and we would like layer it was like a, it was like we were flossing. <laughs> it was like how we floss, like whoever had more knobbies on like the strings for the hood for real. <laughs>
0: That's, I'm going to need a picture to back this up. I'm going to use that as the picture for this episode. Can all I give right, you Mike. a shout
1: out before we do before you say goodbye? Because I feel like, well, yeah, hold, to goodbye.
0: I have oh, one more, more question. Oh, I had a bonus right, question. Go. You want a bonus doing, question? I mean,
1: I mean, yeah, I'm doing I'm better fucking than I fire I was gonna do, so. you're
0: on fire. What song was playing during the final scene of The Sopranos? Wow. I intentionally picked this question for a bonus question for you. Oh uh, think, think Boston, kid. Think
1: Boston. Oh, I mean, my what like, sweet Caroline?
0: Close in that vein. <laughs> in,
1: that I, uh, in that realm. Is it like a dropkick Murphy song? <laughs>
0: no you ready don't stop don't stop believing by journey
1: oh that is the last song that was that's uh, i'm a little embarrassed i didn't get that
0: that's okay that's okay that's i great. did i um, watched
1: that i watched that live i think
0: yeah religiously like on sundays that's what <laughs> so we would watch um all right so whatever you want to do for shout out whatever you i was just plug. gonna say
1: that uh yeah so everyone angela is my stepsister and i just think that this is so cool like you know we're sitting here talking about like building your own uh career and i remember when you were just talking about this stuff when you were um at the
0: golf tournament
1: yeah well we have a fam- we have a we have a family golf tournament every year <laughs> <laughs> by the way it's not like some bougie country club shit either it's at like like a <laughs> nine-hole golf course in western mass which is like really like and we know, just do like the most donuts
0: basic doing donuts with the golf carts and shit yeah, eating clam chowder every day it's fucking awesome yeah, it's,
1: it actually is really fun there's a band um but I just remember you talking about um this new path that you wanted to take when you were a full-time school teacher mm-hmm. and now yeah. here we are so anyway I'm very are. grateful to have like watched the journey and I'm pumped that you wanted to have me on your latest adventure
0: thank you thank you yeah i appreciate that because it was i remember that conversation that we had very vividly at the golf tournament sit at the end of the bar drinking probably like twisted teas or some shit and we were just like deep in conversation about like what the fuck are we doing <laughs>
1: like, yeah
0: you know i remember that I think too was... although
1: i will say i don't think i've ever had a twisted tea in my life but
0: okay uh, that's probably what i was drinking so because <laughs> <laughs> that's like golf course that's like golf course you know like what you do
1: <laughs> yeah so um
0: yeah so yeah things things change when you take action and you don't just talk about it but you put your actions and you align yourself into the vision and into the dream I think this is two testaments to that for sure
1: when when in doubt just do something
0: (laughs) yeah I think that might be the title of your episode when in doubt just do something
1: (laughs) that's hot I like that
0: (laughs) yeah um all right Mike where can they find you where can everybody find you
1: I am at Michael Soloyo, which hopefully will be like tagged somewhere so I don't. Spell mm-hmm. it I'll put on everything like, in, on on in the show notes on all the platforms.
0: <laughs> cool.
1: Yeah, LinkedIn, like all, all all of it. The, LinkedIn, Twitter, Insty, Threads, Insta, <laughs>
0: Threads. Yeah, like I
1: can um, one thread, and I'm like. And then my this? company, just to give Huddle a shout out, is a uh, with Huddle, um, on all the platforms too.
0: Cool. All right. I love that. Um, Very powerful conversation. So great to connect with you. And um, I appreciate you. I appreciate you being here.
1: Yeah, I appreciate you having me.
0: All right, y'all. Thank you, everybody for tuning in and for listening. Uh, Make sure you peep the show notes and reach out to Mike. And as always, go be epic.